This is No Stop Lights with Ken Ard. Hey, hey, welcome to another edition of No Stop Lights. I want to thank our sponsors, Mickey Finns, Marlboro PD Electric Co-op, Schofields, Carolina Bank, Pepsi of Florence. We'll have more to, sh- uh, more to say about those sponsors as the podcast progresses. We're, we're in the process of figuring out exactly what the ideal length of a podcast is. I grew up in a Southern Baptist church, and um, no matter how good the pastor was, the attention span of the parishioners was normally uh, 9, 10, 11, 12 minutes, somewhere thereabout. But, um, you know, when, when you're theologically sound and you're spiritually um, versed, it, you kind of want to uh, prove to the masses that you understand with a certain degree of uh, eloquency uh, what you're speaking about. But we're, we're, we're trying to situate our podcast on what we think is a desirable length. The, um, I mean, there's really two variations to what we do here today. There's a, uh, a, a guest-oriented podcast that will have, you know, the former attorney, excuse me, the former, the current attorney general, Alan Wilson, uh, Will Folks. We're working on Robert Cahaley, some of the other um, cast of characters you would expect us to try uh, and be in hot pursuit of uh, to join us on our podcast. And, and then you've got, you know, just, just a kind of a um, uh, 20, 25, 30-minute version or edition of whatever the timely, uh, the timely matter of that moment is. And today is unusual because we're recording a podcast on Monday to drop on Tuesday somewhere around 10 a.m. And there's a breaking news story that in, um, in our world of conservative media is a big deal. It's a, um, well, let's say this, Rev, it's not just a big deal. It's a, it's a big-ass deal. You know, mm-hmm. when um, one of the prominent personalities in all of conservative media are no longer employed with the uh, prominent conservative outlet we all know as Fox News Tucker Carlson and Fox News have agreed to part ways. Uh, a little unusual part of this is that his last show will not be tonight, but rather Friday night. So when Tucker said, um, thanks for joining us, we'll talk again Monday, I, I don't know how much he knew. I and mean, obviously, there had to be some breakdown negotiations or some sort of um, animus one toward the other for this to end up um, happening today and not allowing, you know, his, his last broadcast to be celebrated, as you would expect, um, I, the, the, the premier conservative voice in all of cable media. It's not just a big, uh, it's not a big ratings banana conservative media. Uh, the Tucker Carlson shows a big rating bonanza in cable television, period. I mean, forget political punditry. Forget right-wing, left-wing, conservative media, uh, liberal media. It's a big rated show in the world of media. So, um, so what do we make of this? And there will be, once again, a lot of things we say today that are entirely speculation. We're, we're breaking the story in real time. I think the news dropped a couple of hours ago that, um, that indeed they were agreeing to part ways. But, but, but there's some things that aren't going to matter whether we get this right or that right. Was there, I mean, I don't think it was a contract. I mean, I think Dan Bongino insinuated that the problem he had with Fox News was contractual, that there was no hard feelings, there was no personal nor professional animus. Um, I don't know if that's the situation uh, with Tucker Carlson. He um, he was in the primetime slot in, in Fox News, followed Bill O'Reilly. Remember, O'Reilly got charged with sexual harassment, uh, ended up cutting a deal in some way, shape, or form. O'Reilly's denied, you know, that he um, sexually harassed anyone at Fox News, but he left there. 
Um, I think there was some sort of negotiated buyout or financial settlement as a result of that. But but I've said that since Rush Limbaugh passed away, no one person has been able to uh, command the audience that Limbaugh has. Limbaugh was, ah, I'll one of my kids now, the original gangster of conservative media. I mean, he was really and truly uh, the, the, the guy that made a lot of what we do possible and uh, attainable and financially feasible to go down um, this road. So, uh, Limbaugh was the best there's ever been. I mean, he was a great communicator. He had a, an, an unbelievable control uh, of the, or uh, an understanding of the issue at hand. And he was able to articulate that in a, in a way that uh, it combined complexity and simplicity in the perfect form. I mean, I, I would probably be accused of lacking on the complexity and um and, and kind of having a, a an overabundance of the simplicity. But when you're aptitudinally challenged um, and you have a, an IQ less than the average American, you kind of got to make do with what with what you have. But um, but so, so I've argued and, and tried to point out that since Limbaugh passed away, that there's been a that there, there's been a multitude of voices that have deserved to be heard and considered in the world of conservative media. The, the reason I put more stock in what Tucker said is Tucker was a convert. Tucker was a, a weekly standard reared neoconservative in the intellectual mold. I mean, I, I got to believe that prior to Make America Great Again and Donald Trump's 2016 campaign, Tucker Carlson would have aligned himself with the Bill Crystals of the world, um, the David French's of the world, uh, the George Wills of the world, uh, a lot of the Bushies, and you know, I mean, the, the the world of modern intellectual conservatism with a neoconservative bent about it. Tucker, for whatever reason, converted. He didn't convert to Catholicism. He, he didn't convert to to being a Protestant. I have no idea what that what his religious affiliation was. But something happened to Tucker in the last five or six years that, that liberated him to a point of taking on organizational structures. And I'm talking about the body politic. I'm talking about corporate America. I'm talking about the media in general. Now, I'm painting with a broad brush, but bear with me for a second. I think you can paint with a broad brush when you're talking about the complex. The government media... Uh, the government media corporate complex. And and some of this, I mean, it even leaks over into liberalism. It, it leaks over to the Bernie Sanders. Robert Kennedy is running for president. And a lot of what Kennedy is saying is, you know, the government media and and corporation to become too friendly with one another and, and the American people are paying a price because there's not that check and balance. And, and Tucker seemed uh, to be motivated. And once again, sincerity, I have no idea. Authenticity, I've no idea. He appeared to be authentic, and he put his career on the line because it's not very popular to take on powerful corporations. I mean, you don't last long if you go out corporate America, if you go after you know the the media in general, and if you go after uh, the body politic. I mean, that that's three formidable forces that have aligned with one another in America today. Tucker did as a as a former modern intellectual conservative what you would expect journalism to do. And I don't know what Tucker was motivated by. I don't have any idea. Was he motivated by, by the lack of 
uh, attempting to find out the truth by the mainstream media. Anybody, you know, with the mainstream media, that's a pretty lame way to say it. You hear that on every street corner in America, especially with conservative radio or conservative uh, podcasting media in general, say uh, the conservative, excuse me, the, 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 the liberal mainstream media. But, but as we sit today, and, 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 you know, I think there'll be time to digest this and, and you know, better consider alternative motives or, or where to go from here. Uh, Twitter is joyous, you can imagine. Uh, the left is celebrating with a, a great deal of glee that, you know, Tucker is gone. He's banished from Fox News, one of the uh, most prominent voices, not just in modern intellectual conservative America, but in the, in the America First political movement. And that's where I really want to focus on what happened to Tucker Carlson to, to force him or allow him or liberate him from being what he formally identified as into something that was far more risky? I mean, I doubt Tucker's invite list uh, increased. I doubt the number of cocktail parties he got invited to increased after he basically said, I'm sorry for what I believed all these years. It is with great regret that I tell you I was hoodwinked by, by the modern intellectual conservative neo, uh, well, I mean, the, the, with, with this heavy bent toward neoconservatism. It's hard to say conservative and, and neoconservative. They're, 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 they're not one of the same, but they're very close cousins, uh, one of another. But, but one of the loudest voices on the airways at Fox News felt compelled to make as his media mission in life challenging the very organizations that need to be challenged, but nobody's choosing to do that. We do a four-hour radio show every morning, uh, 20 hours of talk radio. And during those 20 hours, uh, I say things that are a little bit relevant and to be remembered. I say a lot of things that uh, should go in one ear or the other. Uh, welcome to the real world. 20 hours, it's hard to nail it every single time. But the one thing that I've said over and over and over again, and I doubt very seriously Google would be crazy about this, um, some of the algorithms and content moderating will probably will probably um, direct our paths <laughs> from here. But but I think the one thing I'll remember Tucker as, and he didn't die. I mean, Elvis ain't left the building for good. I mean, Tucker's not dead. He's alive and well, and I'm sure as talented as he is. Um, he's proven he can garner an audience. He's proven he can articulate or opine on whatever issue um, we're talking about. But but the one thing I've tried to articulate day after day after day after day is we live in an era of America that journalism has failed. Journalism historically, and it goes back to Jefferson, journalism has historically spoken truth to power, whether it's corporate power, whether it's government power, the media, and the media is not, you know, one exact scientific uh, apparatus. I mean, it's a lot of different people doing a lot of different things. But, but there was a day in America that journalism and reporting was centered on getting to the bottom of whatever the truth is. They were in pursuit of, what is, okay, it doesn't matter what the conservatives think. It doesn't matter what the liberals think. We've got political, I'm a conservative. I mean, I'm an opinion monster. I've said that over and over again. I'm not here to tell you the truth. I'm here to give you my opinion of what I believe or perceive the truth to be. So, so on the radio for 20 hours a week, I occasionally, on a very frequent occasion, say that if I don't do anything, I hope I've convinced you, the listener in the morning, the, the podcast viewer, uh, whenever you're downloading and watching this, and thank you again 
uh, for allowing us uh, to be a part of your um, uh, your study in American politics. But 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 I believe that there are some of us who feel compelled, and maybe it's a contrarian spirit, maybe it's the um the cynicism embedded within. But, but some of us are far more comfortable saying this. I'm going to take every advantage I have, every opportunity given to me. For, for me, it's by God in heaven. Doesn't have to be for you, but for me, when given an opportunity to, to make a plea, to direct a conversation, the, the, the center of the issue I debate is trying to convince more people to be highly skeptical of the motivations of your federal government. I don't apologize. I don't dress that up. I don't say, well, I meant to say it another way. I'm sorry I said it so directly and bluntly. I meant meant to say it just as damn directly and bluntly as I said it. I believe that Tucker Carlson felt a calling. I think that Tucker, I mean, he's been around the block. Uh, He studied the Weekly Standard. He's a, I mean, he's a very educated man. He's an intellectual. Once again, I think the difference in Limbaugh and Tucker, I mean, obviously Limbaugh was a, a bigger star. I mean, he wasn't on television, couldn't, you know, but Limbaugh's, Limbaugh's radio audience that he amassed over the long haul was the largest ever in conservative circles, probably the largest ever in media circles. Um, now, nobody, I mean, people that listen to Limbaugh three hours a day, every day, some did, but but a lot of people checked in with Limbaugh. You checked in with Limbaugh for 20 minutes on a Monday afternoon, and then you, you got busy with your life, but you checked back in with Limbaugh uh, 30 minutes on a Thursday afternoon. Um, you made a point to eat lunch in your car. On a Friday afternoon, if something hot was pressing in, in the world of body in the in the body politic, Tucker was not able to do that because he didn't have what fifteen hours a week. He only had five hours a week, and it was television. And there's a um, an editing and a programming and a producing to television that does not allow the ad libbing and the organic nature. In other words, um, Tucker probably had every single night a script a script that he followed, a script that everybody on his team was well aware of. I would imagine Limbaugh at times ad-libbed. Uh, the producers and the um, the, the directors of the show probably thought they were going this way and they ended up going uh, another way. But, but when I think about the void, the vacuum that Limbaugh left, I do think of Dan Bongino. I do think of Clay Travis. Uh, I, I think of, uh, I'm trying to think of some others, Sean Hannity comes to mind. Glenn Beck, obviously, um, comes to mind. All of those guys had uh, a flair and flavor, and they all, uh, I don't know if they attempted to take or fill the void that Limbaugh left, but there was a debt of gratitude. There was a, a degree of respect that they had for Limbaugh, and they felt it was their obligation, or they had an obligation to press on, to move forward. The difference in Tucker, damn it, he's a convert. He's not the likely suspect. He would be one that you would expect to say of America first, stop with the nonsense. Modern intellectual conservatism is the best way to govern our nation. Um, neoconservatism is, a, is an honorable plight, an honorable direction for our government um, to, to kind of focus on and, and advance an agenda on behalf of. And something happened in Tucker's life. I don't have any idea. Uh, was it for profit? What was it to make it more popular Fox News? Uh, no clue. No idea. It may have been insincere, as I think it was sincere. But but the reason Tucker's different, the reason I felt compelled to do this podcast today in the uh, in the spirit of Tucker Carlson, formerly of Fox News, um, is 
Tucker chose to put his livelihood on the line. I think he started the show in 2012. When O'Reilly left, I think he'd been on the air. Uh, no, I don't think it's 2012. I think it would have been 2016. 2016, about the time yeah. that Trump gets elected. And um, and we've seen in some of the internal communique, not not the biggest fan of Trump the man, but very much a fan of the um the movement. And 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 here's where here's where I think Tucker bumps into the um the guy on the street drinking the six pack of uh, Coors Light. I, I I think Tucker believes that the people who are responsible for holding government and 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 corporations powerful are doing their bidding. That they're complicit. They don't do hardcore reporting. They don't hold powerful people accountable. And Tucker felt that he had an obligation for an hour a night to 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 to, to set the record straight. And 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 he did some very controversial things. I mean talking about January 6th and his um not defending of the antics or actions, but his belief that the story had been totally misrepresented. He's never said fabrication. But I think he's put everything in proper in proper context. Um, but but once January 6th became an issue for Tucker, and it became a big issue for Fox News. We heard uh, from some of the representatives of Fox News that they were a little bit concerned about how far down the road Tucker was willing to go in defending some of the misrepresentation of January 6th. I don't think, correct me if I'm wrong, Dave, I don't think I ever heard Tucker defend January 6th. I don't think so. I think I heard him say multiple times, let's hear the whole story. R- remember um, uh, QAnon Shaman? And, oh, yeah. and you know, Tucker presented a lot of information that was inconsistent with what the media had told us happened with, with um, I call him Daniel Boone with horns. <laughs> but, but I mean, that, that was kind of a, um, that was a Tucker moment. And nobody in media, nobody on television was attempting to do anything like that and the reason I think Tucker drove people crazy is because they knew what he was. I mean, he would have been a likely board member at the Lincoln Project. He would have been a likely um, writer, uh, 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 the um, the token conservative at the New York Times. I mean, he wore a bow tie, and a blue blazer. He's got the well coiffed hair. He's um, I mean, he, you know, he he lives in the right neighborhood. His kids, I think, play lacrosse, soccer, and badminton. They probably drive a. I mean, he did all the things. That that the 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 insiders will allow Republicans to do and still be accepted as insiders. I mean, there, there's certain criteria. There's certain checks in the box. You got to have 13 of 15. Um, and I think Tucker probably had 13, maybe even 14 to the 15. Threw all of that away. I mean, basically said to hell with all that. I mean, I don't care what they think of me. I could care less what the Lincoln Project thinks of me. I could care less what the Bushes think of me. I could care less what um, John McCain. Um, Lindsey Graham, some some of the neocons of today could care less what they think of me, and he amassed an audience. And and my concern is, I don't think anybody did it better than Tucker. And the reason I don't think anybody did it better than Tucker is because nobody was a convert. I mean, I, I've always been. I don't think I knew this, but I've always been a populist at heart. I've always been a nationalist at heart. I've always been an America firster. I, I don't know that we called ourselves America firsters, but I've always believed that corporations, business, and the media were complicit in this uh, almost a cartel that deprived uh, the average American their best life. 
that deprive the average American family their best existence. That was not about, uh, you know, uh, of the people, for the people, by the people, whatever the, uh, well, by the people, for the people, of the people. Yeah, I mean, it, it was none of that. I mean, it was always for the corporation, by the media. And, and, and Tucker seemed to be deeply offended by that. I mean, it really seemed to stir and, and stimulate him to a place of they think that's far down the road. Watch what we do tomorrow. And, and you've got a Dominion situation. Uh, Tucker was at the center of that. Remember, um, we, we touched on that last week about the, uh, actually a couple of podcasts last week about the Dominion Fox News story. Um, Tucker allowed Sidney Powell and Rudy Giuliani to come on his show and on multiple occasions say things that we found out weren't true or couldn't be proven. Let me back up. Couldn't be proven. We still don't know whether they're, they're true or not but things that could not be proven. And when, when Tucker asked Sidney Powell to provide uh, proof of her allegations or her charges, she, she just couldn't provide any at all. And it looked a little silly, and I think Tucker looked a little silly for allowing this lady on. To Tucker's credit, what did he do once he asked her for proof and she couldn't provide it? He said, you're not coming back on the show again. And, and he basically implied in some of the internal communique that was presented to the public in discovery in the Dominion case, our, our listeners and watchers are good people. Our viewers are good people. And we can't lie to good people. I mean, we can't allow city power to come on the air and say things that aren't true. And we know they can't be substantiated. And we're still letting her letting her do that. So a lot of these ancillary stories surrounding Tucker Carlson and why he's no longer at Fox News will percolate for the next several days. But, uh, but I'm, I'm not as concerned about Tucker not being at Fox. I'm far more concerned about where Tucker goes from here. Because we need Tucker's voice in this battle for political supremacy and guys that's what it is i mean it's a battle for political supremacy the the only people in america today that have a genuine interest in trying to find out where the truth lies are those who have been accused of lying at every turn and lying at every corner uh you, you go on twitter you go on facebook you go on uh the internet you go to real clear politics you go to politico you go to the hill.com um you can't find a story about hunter biden joe biden 12 family members who have foreign bank accounts I mean, why is that not a story? That should be a hell of a big story. I mean, 12 members of the Biden family had offshore bank accounts. Why? I mean, the media doesn't ask that question. Now, now they're crammed Dominion and Fox News down your throat until you just can't, you can't stomach it any longer. We need Tucker's voice. The media's not going to find its soul. The media, excuse me, government's not going to self-correct. Corporations are not going to stop seeking more power and influence over the government. And the only people that seem to be interested in pursuing what the truth is in relation to the media, to government, to big corporations, were people like Tucker Carlson. And when Limbaugh passed away, I felt that a part of that mantle had been passed to Tucker Carlson. Where does he go from here? I have no idea. What, what does he do next? I don't have any idea. I would imagine Tucker's made enough money to be financially independent and secure, but, but he's got a lot to say. So, so does he show up where... Uh, Megyn Kelly showed up, uh, kind of an alternate website that they control all the content. They amass an audience. Um, does he do what Bill O'Reilly did? O'Reilly.com. I mean, does he, uh, you know, find himself a, uh, a way to communicate to the masses without having to filter it uh, via Fox News or MSNBC or, or CNN for that matter? Um, it's a bad day for the media today. But, but more than anything, it's a bad day for the American family, 
the American worker. I sincerely believe with every fiber of my body that the only way to get America back on course, I'm asked that a lot. I mean, I'm one of these that believe America's in decline. I mean, I guess I am an American pessimist. I'm optimistic about everything in this world until truth slaps me in the face and reality sets in. I am not optimistic about our country's future. One of the reasons I'm not optimistic about our country's future, and I've discussed ad nauseum about its debt, uh, the, the inability to reform some of the entitlement programs that lead to greater and greater and greater and greater levels of debt. But one of the most concerning aspects of America today is our inability or, or disinterest in holding powerful people accountable. And Tucker did that every damn night. Tucker held powerful people as accountable as he can. He's one man for one hour on one network. He had an average audience of three to five million people. Five million when per, when our politics are hot and tasty. Probably three million when people are paying closer attention to the Final Four, the Super Bowl, or whatever. And, and there's not a um, you know a debate between Donald Trump and Joe Biden or, or Ron DeSantis and Donald Trump. So so for for five nights a week at eight o'clock on Fox News, three to five million people are watching Tucker. Three hundred and twenty-five million aren't. So the odds are stacked against a guy trying to make that much difference. Well, I mean, he's got as big an opportunity as anybody, but, but in the grand scheme of things, it's still a small, small opportunity. So, I mean, I'm not trying to pay respect to Tucker. Tucker doesn't need my sympathy. I mean, he's not asking for my sympathy. What, what I am trying to do is, is just say that Tucker, to me, was clearly leading the charge on one of the necessary elements to get America back on track. And that is ask questions of powerful people whether they want them asked or not. And apparently he asked the wrong questions of the wrong people. I mean, I, I, I'm not saying Tucker is to be defended on every night. I mean, has he been careless at times? Of course. I mean, join the club. He's an opinion monster. But by and large, Tucker's modus operandi has been to challenge power, to do what journalists and reporters have always, ah, we've been conditioned to believe uh, that's what they did. But, but I think Tucker looked around several years ago and saw the lack of reporting, the lack of journalistic interest, the lack of speaking truth to power. And he began, uh, I don't want to say he had a road to Damascus. I mean, I don't know if there was a, um, you know, a, a blinded by the light moment. There's a Springsteen reference. I don't know if there was a, a kind of a blinded by the light moment. But, but something happened in Tucker's life that led him from being a, a, a modern intellectual who believed in neoconservatism, and he's actually apologized for drinking the Kool-Aid for as long as he did and, and allowing, I mean, Rev, in the most recent episodes, I mean, the, January 6th is a big deal. I mean, Dominion's a big deal. I mean, how many times have we heard Tucker question our involvement in Ukraine? I mean, he's had guest after guest after guest after guest, and, and you know Tucker's highly effective because the defenders of Ukraine won't come on. The defenders of the... um. The, the corporate political cartel that drives a lot of America's political discourse and debate won't come on. Um, I think he invited the CEO of Pfizer. I mean, believe it or not, he declined. I think he invited uh, Lindsey Graham, our state senator, our U.S. senator from South Carolina, to come on and offer up an explanation as to why he felt, you know, our involvement in Ukraine or the money we're investing in Ukraine is a worthy investment. And, that, that you know, it's, it's not who comes on Tucker's show. It's who does it. And he's extended invitations, timing. Well, there's no Tucker show now. So, there's no, there, you know, the, the, the CEO of Pfizer will never go on the, the Tucker Carlson show. 
uh, the head of the World Forum, excuse me, the World Economic Forum, uh, Klaus Schwab. He'll never come on on Tucker's show. Tucker always extended an invitation to those people that he wanted to speak truth to power. And I think it's a sad day in American political media uh, when Fox News decides to uh, part ways with, with um, and I mean, forget the ratings bonanza, forget the revenue a show generated. The central theme of, of, of why I was a Tucker fan was he did as a non-journalist. I mean, uh, Tucker would probably be a journalist, turned into political pundit. Uh, punditry pays a lot more than being a um, than being a journalist. But but I hope in, in retrospect, when we look back at what Tucker did, um, I mean, he would have gotten some things right. He would have gotten some things wrong. But, but the one thing he did was try to push the envelope on some of the most needed debates that offended some of the most powerful people on this planet. And Ed, once again, I'm talking about the CEO of Pfizer. I'm talking about the head of the World Economic Forum. I'm talking about senators who believe that we're doing the right thing by, by further involving ourselves in Ukraine. These stories are not getting covered. But I mean, these stories are not getting covered because, once again, we have a kind of convergence of power, and there's been a, kind of an underhanded handshake. Uh, underhanded handshake, that's kind of a weird way to say it. But um, an agreement within that the media will only ask questions of corporations but because, once again, who sponsors the mainstream media? Corporate America. I mean, that's how they pay their bills. So it's almost like, um, and here we go with the cathedral again, Curtis Yarvin and Peter Thiel and some of the others, um, Tucker challenged the glacier. Tucker challenged the cathedral. Tucker uh, took great joy in aggressively pursuing, um, sometimes in a vindictive way. I mean, there's no question about it. Sometimes in a very, very vindictive way. As the show, as the story progresses, and we find out exactly, maybe we'll end up knowing, maybe we'll never know uh, what happened when Tucker Carlson to Fox News decided to part ways. Uh, where does Tucker end up from here? I did see on Twitter Megyn Kelly basically saying that he'll be better off for it. You know, um, Fox News, a lot of people believe that Fox News is beginning to um, be less aggressive in pursuing the truth, uh, the, the corporate interest, um, uh, yeah, yeah, some, of the, some of the body politic, the questions need to be asked of the body politic. And, and it's a sad day in America, but it really and truly is a sad day in America. I did see that um, on The View, they celebrated by doing a wave. Um, I mean, that, those of course are, they did. Well, I mean, that, those are uber-talented females. I mean, you know, with all due respect, no, no misogynist here, no, no chauvinistic here. That they are, um, they couldn't carry Tucker's jock. And understanding the complexities of American politics, the complexities of American culture, the complexities. But, but maybe that's what we want. I mean, maybe really and truly, when I go back to my, my statements every morning, the one thing that I continue to try and press upon the, the you know, the, 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 the limited ability I have is to, to create skepticism of people about what, your, what the motivations of are of your federal government. Tucker did that as well as anybody I've ever heard. Um, Limbaugh was the best ever, but Limbaugh is not a convert. I mean, Limbaugh is not a bow tie wearing, uh, weekly standard working, neoconservative, modern intellectual. Tucker was, and something happened along the way. I mean, Saul didn't turn into Paul, but something happened along the way that transformed Tucker into one of the most aggressive voices, not just on Fox News, but the media in general. And I just wish, I doubt it happens, but I just wish some young journalist would reflect for a moment and say, hey, I don't want to be Tucker Carlson. 
I mean, I don't have any interest in doing what he did. He was somewhat of an entertainer. He was a pundit. Uh, he was an opinion monster. But but I reporters need to get back to the business of reporting. Journalism needs to get back to the business of journalistic integrity. And and maybe if anything comes of all this, we'll find how watered down our attempts to hold people in power or, or uh, people of power and of influence have been. Ah. Uh, once again, it's not a um, it's not a tribute to Tucker, but it's a sad day for me. I mean, it really and truly is. It doesn't bother me that on Twitter some of the um, ah, some of the glee and joy, you know, of the left. I would expect that um, a lot of the conservative right, and by that I'm talking about the the Lincoln Project, uh, the Lindsey Graham crowd. With all due respect, and I don't, I don't want to single Lindsey out, but Lindsey is a South Carolina state senator, and I live in South Carolina. Therefore, we keep close tabs on um on what Lindsay does. You know, I was thinking about this writing over to uh, to record the podcast. You've got the liberals. You would expect them to not care much for Tucker. You've got the conservatives. Uh, you would expect them to kind of be in lockstep with Tucker on most issues, but they aren't. I mean, they absolutely aren't. And guys, there's a clear line in the Republican Party. that there, there are those who like the trains to run on time. And by the trains running on time, I mean they are as guilty. I mean, it's the uniparty. The, 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 the liberal establishment likes the trains to run on time, and the conservative establishment likes the trains to run on time. And by that, I mean this complicity between the media, uh, big government, big corporations, and, and we lost a, a loud voice today. Uh, where he goes from here, no idea. Uh, I think he sold his interest. I think he's a co-founder of the Daily Caller, but he sold his interest in that. He's ample talented, but he figured out a way to land on his feet. But, but I, as somebody who is uh, somewhat involved in conservative thought, conservative media, conservative opinion, it, it bothers me. It bothers me that, that Tucker couldn't hang on. Now, once again, it may have been amicable that they may have laid down some ground rules and he said, I can't do that. And uh, I mean, the words, I, I just saw a story break it just a couple of seconds ago that, you know, Rupert Murdoch was at the center of this. Well, I mean, when your biggest star is no longer on the network, you got to believe the boss had something to do with that. I don't know who outside of Rupert Murdoch would have taken the biggest star off the network and not allow him to do kind of a curtain call or an encore. But they get to see, they don't get to sing "Born to Run," Rev. But um, <laughs> but but it is what it is. I mean, it is what it is. And um, and we'll follow this story. And um, and I'll probably do a better job Thursday. But I'm a bit emotional today. Not not I'm not I'm not emotional. I'm not sad. I'm not torn. I'm not. It's just that. Man, when you feel like you're so damn outnumbered and you feel like for every for every one punch you get to throw, you got to take eight or ten in return. And, and and Tucker did that at the highest level. I do it at a much lesser level. Um, the, the only hope America has, and I sincerely believe this, guys, the, the establishment left has no interest in holding power accountable. The establishment right has no interest in holding power accountable. They have decided that their life, their livelihoods, their lifestyle are better maintained by the fewer questions they ask. The buses need to run on time. If the buses run on time, I keep my house in the Hamptons. I get my six weeks of vacation, whatever, whatever your deal is. And, and, and somebody at some point in time has to join Tucker, conservative talk radio. Uh, it looks to me like Fox is getting a little bit diluted from this mission. But the only hope America has moving forward is for a group of people much larger than currently to beginning questioning authority, questioning power.
power. Uh, I said it, I'll say it again. It's a good day when I can convince one more person to be highly skeptical of the motivations of your federal government. Tucker Carlson did that as well as anybody. And it's a sad day on Fox News when tonight at 8, somebody other than Tucker will try to convince ah, convince their watchers or their, their viewers, I guess whatever the Fox News brass wants them to convince them um, of. Thanks for joining us. And um, and we'll kind of, uh, I, I want to stew on this for a couple of days. And uh, I got a couple of buddies, not, not in Tucker's world, but have a, uh, they would have an interesting opinion about this issue. And, um, and, you know, I would imagine Thursday's podcast uh, may not be centered on Tucker. It'll be more factual. It'll be less speculative. We'll have a little more, um, I would imagine by then Tucker would have made some sort of formal comment. Fox News will probably at some point in time um, have a formal comment. We'll have a couple of days of whatever they're going to do uh, with, with the 8 o'clock show. But, but today, uh, I don't get upset much. I don't get annoyed much. I don't get bothered much. I've learned the hard way uh, in politics, expect the unexpected and deal with it the best way you know how. But but a guy who fights the good fight, a, a good fight that I sincerely believe must be fought, not for Tucker's sake, not for my sake, for the future of this country. If the fewer Tucker Carlson's we have, the, the, the more likelihood America drifts off into the abyss. Forget what the leftists say on Twitter. Forget what the Lincoln Project, I mean, they, they're a foil. I mean, that's all they are. They're a foil in a game. I mean, they, they take the money. Who, they're, they're political prostitutes. I mean, the Lincoln Project, they're no more Republican than Democrat. They're no more independent than Democrat. They are whatever they have to be. And it would have been easy for Tucker to, you know what, Rev? It would have been real easy for Tucker to say, you know, I'm tired of the fight. I'm, I'm not talking about January 6th anymore. I'm not talking about Ukraine anymore. I'm not talking about the vaccines anymore. I mean, the easy thing would have been, hey, put the vaccine on the back burner. Put January 6th on the back burner. Put Ukraine on the back burner. But nobody's asking those questions. And it's an abomination for the media to allow there to be so little debate on vaccines, so little debate on, um, on COVID, so little debate on Ukraine, so little debate on 12 Biden family members having offshore bank accounts. Why in the hell do you hear that on a stoplight, or excuse me, a podcast called No Stoplights? Why is not not blanketed over the fold on the New York Times? Well, you know why. Because the trains need to run on time. And if you dispute what time the trains need to run, you'll end up unemployed. And most of us aren't independently wealthy. We need, we live in transactional worlds, we need that gainful employment to keep paying our bills. Enjoy your day, and we'll talk Thursday. I want to thank our sponsors. Carolina Bank serves communities throughout northeastern South Carolina, offering a wide range of services to meet every personal or business need from straightforward accounts to complex finances. They're prepared to help you reach your financial goals. Carolina Bank, banking on tradition since 1936. Member FDIC Schofields, Ace Hardware, your one-stop shop for all hardware, paint and lawn and garden needs, plus all things sporting goods, including firearms, safes, clothing, footwear, and more. Pepsi of Florence represent the entire product line of PepsiCo, one of the world's leading food and beverage companies. Pepsi of Florence also serve brands from other great companies, such as Dr. Pepper, Canada Dry, Lipton Tea, Gatorade, and various regional brands. Mickey Finn's largest South Carolina liquor wholesaler, serving every county in the state, largest bourbon selection statewide. They ship wines to 43 states, opening soon a new beverage warehouse across from Bucky's on I-95 in Florence. 
They support USC athletics, including Williams Bryce and Colonial Life Arena. Marlboro PD Electric Co-op, if you're in big business and looking for an industrial park in the south to build your new plant, consider Marlboro PD Electric Co-op's new PD Commerce Center, an industrial park located at the I-95 exit in Florence, South Carolina. Check it out at MPDC Co-op or PDEC.com. 